Hello, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm EJ Fed Talks, and I'm here to talk at you for a while. How's everybody doing? Hope you had a good week. I'm going to be honest with you because I'm I'm about nothing if not unflinching honesty. Ah, uh, this is this was this was quite a week, man. Uh, work was I I did. I did 60 plus hours this week as I'm recording this on Friday and I'll probably have to go in a little bit on Saturday although I probably won't because they can't make me right um, and there's been there's been stuff going on I got a lot on my mind it's been a long week and I did not have the time to prepare material I know usually this is rigidly scripted uh, but I I didn't have time to put together my list of presidents who could fight the Legion of Doom. We'll talk about that in a second, though. Uh, first, I want to address I made a couple. I made a couple of mistakes last week. If you can believe that somebody just uh, just talking off the top of his head into a microphone and then posting it without editing uh, is maybe not super professional. Uh, Rachel, internet Rachel, as opposed to real life Rachel. I mean, I know she exists in real life also, but I know her from the internet. Guys, it's confusing. I know like 10 people. There are two Rachels. There are two Beckys. It's a lot. From now on, I'm not going to make friends with anybody who has the same name as an existing friend. So, uh, sorry, Sam Rockwell. If you want to hang out, you're out of luck. Um, but uh, she pointed out that when I referred to Harry S. Truman as being a dirty fighter from Texas, I was probably thinking of Lyndon B. Johnson uh, and yes, I was. I believe I mentioned his famously large penis. That was Lyndon Johnson, not Harry Truman. Although I do, I think of Harry Truman as as tougher than maybe history would indicate because my first image of him, besides the Dewey defeats Truman uh, picture, is that episode of Futur Futurama where they go back in time and... Uh, <laughs> Harry S. Truman is brought to Area 51 in a in a shipping crate and then he punches his way out of it. So when I think of Harry S. Truman, that's who I'm thinking of is the Futurama version. Um, I also, uh, when speaking on The Muppet Show, said that uh, I was not aware of Crystal Gale for anything besides her Muppet Show appearance. And yet... She has no fewer than four duets with Tom Waits on the One from the Heart soundtrack, a soundtrack I own that is in this room right now. Uh, it is maybe my least listened to Tom Waits album, uh, but that's still no excuse for me to for me forgetting that piece of information. Uh, I think there were... Oh, and also I would just like to clear something up because... Uh, Apparently, I have been portraying my friend Brad as kind of a bully, and he is not. He is a nice man who is a good friend. Uh, that's not to say he doesn't occasionally bully me, but it's in a way where everybody thinks it's funny, so it's okay. It's not even the kind of thing where I pretend it's funny, but inside I'm crying. It's, he's he's a nice man, and and uh, he he. Although I will say, every time I've told you everything I've said about him is is technically true. He has at least once told me to stop talking about dork stuff. And uh, when he listened to the episode where I mentioned I would like him to be a guest, he could not tell me absolutely not fast enough, even though I didn't actually ask him. I just 
mention the possibility of asking him. But uh, so I would just like to be on the record that uh, uh, Brad is a nice man, and I apologize if I have portrayed him as as other than that. Uh, that said, I am going to talk about some nerd TV shows, so he will be fast-forwarding parts of this episode. In fact, actually, you know, I mentioned WandaVision a lot because I'm having a lot of fun watching it, and I, I thought this was going to be the season finale. I thought it was eight episodes, and imagine my surprise to find out there's a, full, there's a whole other episode next week. Uh, but also... This week's episode was maybe the weakest one, uh, just because it was like uh, Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen got to do some acting, but uh, you know it was a, a whole episode of backstory that was showing us things that you know we could have extrapolated. It 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 felt kind of unnecessary to be honest, and I think a lot of stuff was hurt by stalling out for a week. Remember when that would happen on The Sopranos? I know everybody's rewatching The Sopranos now, and it's an amazing show, but it was like the first good show in a long time, and for a while it was like the only good show. Do you remember the late '90s, early 2000s? You could watch like The Sopranos, The Simpsons, and like Alias, and you had watched all the good TV, and you know then things went insane. But uh, the thing about the Sopranos, a show I dearly love, is that David Chase sometimes forgot that every episode had to be a discreet and entertaining installment of television, and sometimes there'd just be an episode where nothing happened, or it'd be a full-length, like an hour-long dream sequence, or just, it was all about setting up the next episode, and it was always such a bummer, because you'd wait a week for The Sopranos, and you did an episode that was, oh, just wait for next week, next week's gonna be awesome, we, right now we gotta explain why... Paulie is going to do this next week. And you don't see that a lot in prestige TV anymore. I think, uh, you know, Mad Men and, and Breaking Bad sort of turned that around where those are shows who made, made by people who like TV more than movies, whereas Sopranos is a show made by a guy who desperately wants to be making movies. Uh, those are my hot takes. If only I had a website where I could talk about these things. I do. I just never think to write anything. Uh, we'll talk about that in another week. Guys, there's stuff going on. This website's either going to go away or change in the very near future. And it may be out of my hands which one it is. Uh, and that's causing me a lot of stress right now. But that's... I'll try to resolve some stuff before I talk about that. I don't, I don't, I don't need you knowing everything. I mean, chances are if you're listening to this, you're probably somebody who's friends with me. So you probably know everything anyway. Uh, I don't know who these these mythical strangers are who've chosen this podcast with unappealing cover art and no premise and, and a, a bad host, frankly. Uh, I actually started reading my uh, my book on how to be better at podcasting, and literally the first thing it says is is that now you need to have a concept. Like like back in the early days of podcasting, just the fact that you were making a podcast was enough of a premise, but now you sort of need a concept to get noticed. And I'm like, well, I'm screwed. My concept is EJ bought a microphone. Uh, and there are some other things in there that really, really uh, are going to make, are going to be difficult for me to provide to the listeners, like uh, uh, giving the listeners a reason to care about you. 
can't if I knew how to do that. Holy smokes, my life would be very different. Uh, it doesn't specifically say that you have to have a voice that's not actively bad to listen to, but that's the subtext. So, yeah, this is really, this this book is maybe, I'm maybe setting my, my sights too high by trying to do a good job. And for that, I apologize. Uh, I also talked a lot about co-hosts and, uh, man, I have so many, well, I, I don't want to say so many. I have, I have, I have three podcast ideas with a co-host. And you know what? I'll tell you about them. Uh, first one, I don't have a co-host for, and I might not be interested enough in actually doing it, but I thought it'd be interesting to do like a Clint Eastwood filmography because I think he's really interesting as an artist and also like as a, his politics tra are, are, have been on a very weird track. And I think it would be interesting to see where he kind of goes off the rails and where his changes of heart are. But nobody really wants to do that with me. And also it's not many of his movies are streaming and I will be damned if I'm going to go buy Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil for cash money. So that's on hold. Uh, uh, I have a couple of uh, of rewatch podcasts that I've I've talked about doing with with uh, summer of Tease by summer, and remote recording is kind of beyond me at this point. But that would be fun to do in the future. Uh, but then I would be the the less popular co-host instantly, and I'm not quite. You know what? I'm ready for that. I'll take I'll take that hit. Yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be the show with a charming co with a charming co-host and EJ, and um, uh, my friend Tim and I have talked about doing a, a an issue by issue review podcast of the Justice League International era, uh, which is for both of us is our favorite run in comics ever, and that would be fun. But also, when it came time to rank uh, or you know score every issue. Every week it'd be like, yep, 10 out of 10, perfect, another masterpiece. Let's just put this sucker in the Louvre. I know they don't put books in the Louvre. Uh, so those would all be fun. You could be listening to those instead, but you know what? You're stuck here with me. I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me, as Rorschach said. Um, But that somehow spun out of me talking about WandaVision. I do not remember my original point, so... Let's wait for the season finale on that. Uh, and as long as I'm, long as I'm, I'm being a dork. I started watching the the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO Max. Uh, it took me a couple tries to actually watch. I'm not that big a fan of Harley, particularly the modern version. Like nothing against. She's just aimed at somebody who's. There's a very particular audience for Harley who is not me, and that's fine. I don't have to be the audience for everything, but. You know, I like to be up to date on Batman stuff, and I had it took me like three tries to watch the first episode because it's a it's a little impressed with its own edginess. Like, there have been eighty years of Batman stories where nobody sc screams obscenities at the top of their lungs, and uh, once you, once you get past past the oh look how dirty we are he he he, it's actually really fun. And there's some really cool casting, like uh, uh, Jim Rash from Community as the Riddler, 
and uh, uh, Tony Hale, Buster from Arrested Development, plays, <laughs> plays Dr. Psycho, who's a Wonder Woman villain who in on, on this show uh, essentially gets canceled for calling Wonder Woman the C word in the middle of a fight. And then none of the villains want to work with him. And it's Buster. So his, his vocal performance is very funny. Uh, and I eventually, I started really enjoying it, but then it hit the second season and it got a little too, there's kind of a shift in tone where it's really mean. And now it's about Harley murdering all the A-list Batman villains. And I like those villains. It seems to me if you do, if you have Penguin graphically murdered on screen, that's kind of a fun toy you're taking out of the toy box for the future. But so I guess I recommend season one. Season two is a little not my taste so far. We'll see how it goes. What else? What am I going to do? Not watch an animated Batman thing? Uh, oh, there's a lot. I did not mean to talk about uh, DC Comics properties this much. Which is a lie. I always want to talk about DC Comics properties this much. Uh, the, as I mentioned last week, there is a, an episode of the show uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow where a telepathic gorilla goes back in time to kill college-age Barack Obama. <laughs> and just like conceptually, that's kind of that's kind of amazing. It's this fun sort of like. Back in the 60s, that was very much a DC thing to incorporate. Uh, like, there's an issue of Superman where he tells President Kennedy his secret identity because if you can trust anybody, it's JFK, which we know now was obviously not the case. Uh, but also the sort of notorious thing about that, and I'm, it either came out immediately before or immediately after Kennedy was assassinated. <laughs> Like it was either on the newsstands when the assassination happened, or it came. It was came out the next week. So it's kind of famous for that, and it's really a good example as to why uh, uh, Superman doesn't share a secret identity. He always says it would put uh, it would put you know his his friends and confidants at risk, and clearly uh, that's what happened. Uh, people say Oswald acted alone. No, he was working with Brainiac. Uh, but the, so I watched the, I did not watch the entire young Barack Obama episode of Legends of Tomorrow because they blow through that in the first five minutes and then it gets real boring. Uh, I have this weird reaction. I've said it before. I love, I love the DC characters so much. And on their TV shows, there's all these characters created for TV for one reason or another. And I have this irrational thing where it makes me angry uh, that they are pretending that Mollus is as real as the Atom, which technically she is, but also not not in my heart where it matters, you know? Uh, but the, the very brief scenes of Gorilla God attacking Barack Obama are, are very funny. Uh, I might have mentioned last week that in the, the preview I saw, it is, it is a bit of a janky special effect on Gorilla Grodd. He does not look super great in terms of actually appearing to be in the room and also on this show he communicates telepathically because I guess they didn't want to animate his face so his his mouth does not move but he's still screaming about how it will be an honor to kill Barack Obama 
and uh, Obama does a pretty good job of getting away, uh, which which was fun. And then the you know the legends show up and shoot Gorilla Grodd with a shrink ray and put him in a jar. And I feel like if that's technology that's available to them, every episode of the show should be no more than five minutes long. But there's one amazing thing and one thing that really made me sad in retrospect. The amazing thing is the first time the young man playing college-age Barack Obama speaks, he does an Obama impression, which I was not expecting. But why wouldn't he? I mean, you'd sort of think he was specifically directed to sound like the person he was playing. But it, it still, I shrieked with delight when it happened because I wasn't expecting it. And also, he he did an impression of adult Obama. And I can't imagine he sounded like that in college, which was that much funnier. Uh, but then also it closes with a joke about uh, about the birthers demanding his, his birth certificate. And yeah, it's sure good that that didn't eventually contribute to the slow collapse of our country. Uh, maybe, maybe not the best uh, place to plant your comedy flag there, Legends of Tomorrow. But I will say, watch the, fir watch the first few minutes of that. It's on Netflix. I think the episode is called Guest Starring John Noble because character actor John Noble shows up as himself, maybe? I didn't make it in that far into the episode, but it is funny that they titled it based on a guest star. Who <laughs> Maybe he's playing... I hope he's playing himself. <laughs> they just stopped by to visit the guy who was on Fringe, and he has to explain to them, I don't actually know about parallel universes. I was... I was on TV. Uh, he has a British accent which in real life, which I'm not going to try to do. Uh, because I can really sort of only do chimney sweep British accent. Hello, governor! You know, that sort of thing. It's insulting. Um, so I thought uh, what I could, since I did not prepare anything due to being exhausted and mentally just out of sorts is something I mentioned last week was when I when I broke my leg as an adult I broke my leg as a child also different leg ah, so I've got the set but uh this was this was in 2004 and it was a Sunday night and I fell I slipped going down the stairs of my own home and I only fell a couple of steps, but I put my, my left leg out to sort of catch myself. And the top half of my body kept going and sort of rotated. So I got like a, uh, there's a word for that kind of break, but it was, uh, I don't know what it is. It's, so it was like, a, it was like a twisting break. And I broke my leg in four places from my shin to the top of my foot. Uh, now, and there's the dogs, uh, what I did upon doing this was I assumed I had probably just hurt myself and I'd feel okay later. So I sat down and watched an episode of The Wire. <laughs> I think it might have been the season three premiere, but I, I could be wrong. That would explain my excitement to watch The Wire instead of instead of seeking medical care. And after a, an hour of, of uh, high-quality drama... I noticed that my leg had expanded to roughly twice its usual size, which seemed like a problem. 
Uh, sorry to get to the emergency room. Uh, I will mention also that I don't know why I remember this. I was, you know, the prison drama Oz. I'm talking a lot about HBO dramas this week. We'll get to Carnival sooner or later. Uh, I was wearing an Oz shirt, which was it was made to look like like the gray work shirt they all wore on the show, and it said on the back like. Uh, property of Oswald State Correctional Institution or something. So it sort of looked like I might be a convict. Uh, and I, I remember them trying to x-ray me and telling me to, like, they couldn't get a good angle and they kept trying to get me to move my foot, which I couldn't do because it was obviously broken in several places. And every time they tried to move it, I screamed. Uh, and then they... They got me into a like a, a bed, and I'm a I mentioned maybe I mentioned this I'm allergic to painkillers like I maybe not I, I haven't had that many in my life but like codeine I will just barf up I apologize for saying barf without warning you uh, uh, content warning I'm going to talk about barfing and now I have so they gave me morphine <laughs> like. You know, like the stuff Bella Lugosi was hooked on. And they explained to me that once they once they hit me with the hit me with the shot, it was going to I was gonna feel a lot of pressure and then it would go away. And what they didn't explain was when they put me on the morphine, I felt so much pressure that it pushed me into a tiny, tiny little version of EJ. Like it, it, it compacted me down. So my, my entire body was, was like on my pillow and they asked how I was feeling. And I tried to tell them I felt much better, but I was tiny. So they couldn't hear my little voice. It's like Ant-Man trying to talk without his helmet. Uh, and yeah, sure enough, I had a broken, and I, I don't know why this happened, but they sent me home and sort of made it my problem to book an appointment to get my leg fixed so I honestly couldn't get surgery for a couple of days so I was just at my house with a broken leg and since I can't handle painkillers they they I think I said it was Prozac last week but I think it was actually Valium they gave me a like yeah they gave me that so I was still in a lot of pain but I didn't care I just kind of felt good uh, and then I, I had my my surgery eventually, and I remember I remember it was the day the second episode of Lost aired because I watched that in the hospital while I, while I was high on morphine, and uh, which is kind of fun because in that show there was a lot of uh, in, leg injuries were were sort of a recurring motif, so I was part of it. Uh, which is kind of cool because writing about Lost is kind of the thing that uh, kind of got me. I'm not known on the internet, but it was a thing I did that people actually read. Uh, and that kind of, that's how I got in touch with, I mean, some people I'm friends with now. And also uh, uh, my producer friend who's trying very hard to get me writing jobs uh, to no avail at this point, which, which is not on her. Uh, I am just not, I'm just not what not what the people of Hollywood are looking for. Uh, that's fine. I'll put out my scripted podcast and it'll be hilarious. You just wait. Announcement forthcoming. Well, 
not not we gotta we gotta all get vaccinated. I can't have the voice cast be in the same room with me. Uh so the in order to keep me sort of comfortable without painkillers, before I left the hospital, they like they had me on morphine a lot. And they warned me that after a couple days, I was going to come down off of it and it was going to get weird. And in retrospect, that seems phenomenally uh, uh, unsafe. Like, I don't think that's something they would do now. But sure enough, uh, I think that happened on Wednesday and on Friday. I got the morphine sweats and I started hallucinating like you would not believe. Uh, my dog, Sam. Yes, I have a friend named Sam and a dog named Sam. Uh, well, I did. Uh, Sam is, uh, Sam passed away last year. Dog Sam. Uh, it, actually, for a long time, it would be confusing sometimes whether I was talking about dog Sam or boy Sam. Uh, I know there was an instance when, when I was telling my friend Lana something about Sam and she was picturing the dog right up until the last minute when it was clearly the boy. He's my age. I don't know why I call him the boy. It's boy Sam is funnier than man Sam. Uh, but uh, Sam the dog uh, came up to the couch and asked me how I was doing, and he had Ed Asner's voice. Um, a a Vietnamese child stole my pillow, and. I mean, I know he didn't, but I also don't know where the pillow went. Uh, uh, my aforementioned friend Lana was in town. She uh, this she lived in either Chicago or Phoenix at the time. I can't... Her chronology is hard to put together. She moved a lot. But this just happened to be the week that she was visiting. And, you know, we were going to do fun stuff. But dummy me had to fall down the stairs. And... She called to see if I wanted any food before she she came over to make sure I didn't lose my mind in a morphine haze. And uh, I remember screaming at her over the phone, why won't you help with my crossword puzzle? <laughs> and then when she got there, I offered her a giant marshmallow. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm eager to try drugs again. Uh, I... But I, you know, that was a, a, it was sort of a long recovery because it was so badly broken. And when they took my cast off and I saw my leg is, was so withered. It was like a bone with skin on it. I passed out because it was so gross. And as a result of this, I had a wicked limp for 15 years. Like I thought it would probably never go away because it was just... Originally, it would humidity was bad for it, but then I just always had it. And towards the end, like <laughs> from the beginning of the Trump administration on, uh, it had gotten really bad. And like teens made fun of me several times at movie theaters or malls. And it got to be where I was trying to avoid groups of teens because they would make fun of the bad way I walk. Uh, and then about two years ago now it just sort of abruptly went away and it doesn't hurt anymore and I don't limp I don't know what happened magic I assume 
uh, I still have, I have this mental, it might be a mental block where I have a problem with stairs now where I have to take them one at a time. And I can't tell if like physically, cause that leg doesn't have the same range of motion as the other one. If so, it's like if physically that's a necessity or if it's a, a mental thing where I'm afraid of falling, uh, I, I'm super self-conscious about it. So I shouldn't be saying it into a podcast that's mostly listened to by people who know me and now will think, oh yeah, he does look weird on stairs. Um, and I have this, it's very rare, especially now when nobody goes anywhere, but escalate, uh, like a down escalator is really a fraught situation for me because I, if I overthink it, I can't make my leg get onto the escalator. Like I, I have to do it exact. I don't know what I think is going to happen, but I, I get really nervous and sometimes I get so stressed out about it. I can't actually move my leg. And then I just have to walk around the top floor of wherever I am a little while longer. Uh, so I'm a wreck, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, also, they, I, I have a jar with, with uh, uh, my leg metal in it, which is kind of cool. Maybe I'll put a picture of that on, on the internet. Uh, Boy, I wish there was a payoff to a story about me breaking my leg, but I guess my limp miraculously healing is kind of cool, right? Uh, maybe not miraculously healing. It was right around that time I decided to start uh, start exercising a little more. Like, you know, just... This was even before I was going to... I was going to say going to a gym. I went to a gym for two months before all the gyms closed. I still think I've achieved something. Uh, but I tried. I went real diligently until all of a sudden I wasn't allowed to. And now I kind of don't want to go back because I think I might die. Uh, but once they hook me up with that sweet, sweet immunity juice, uh, yeah, I'm going back to the gym. But like I put forth a little bit of effort into exercising and suddenly my legs stopped hurting. So maybe I could have done that 15 years earlier. Look, I'm not smart. Uh, we've established before it takes the work of at least three rational adults to to keep me, keep me healthy uh i don't really have a good payoff to that story that's probably the podcast book too is don't start a story that doesn't uh doesn't have a good ending uh i'm still alive today that's a pretty good ending right we can all be happy about that or at least not actively angry i don't know who's listening to this there's a couple listeners i can't account for i might have enemies there's some hate listens. Um, <laughs> you know what? If you if you do listen to this and you don't know me, email me at fedtalks at yahoo.com. I just want to know. Because uh, right now I feel like this is very much a vanity project for like three of my friends. Which, you know, is fine. It's mostly helping me to not go crazy. So I've, I've got no beef with that, but if you are a complete stranger and the only way you're aware of me is from listening to this, I really want to hear from you. Um, I did not stop. By the way, I said I wasn't going to, I was not drinking alcohol until either I was vaccinated or uh, I could meet up with friends for socially distant porch drinks. And that was about three, four weeks ago. Have not had, have not had a drink since then. 
I've been drinking so much water. Drinking that jug and having some juice. Uh, but also because I, I don't record with a hard cider anymore at hand, I can't, uh, I don't have an excuse to pause, have a drink, and then go into an ad read. <laughs> ad read. I pretend I'm professional when I do this. Uh, so I'll just say real quick this week, once again, you guys, look, it's not going to be cold forever. You're going to want t-shirts. You're going to want uh, comedy t-shirts. You're going to want really well-designed comedy t-shirts. Uh, you're going to want to go to teasebysummer.com. Uh, I literally cannot say enough good things about about the, the Tease by Summer products. Uh, and I have been and I have been saying good things for, what is this, 15 weeks. I think I started in episode two of... of of plugging the plugging the site and so this is this is this is the 14th time i've 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 implored upon you and you know i i'll do it forever man get get some shirts they are great they're well drawn they're well designed uh there's a lot of there's a lot of either thought or just sort of uh or just sort of like natural intuitive talent that goes into the design uh in, in terms of how man, they look really good in person i i have i have every single design from uh from teasebysummer.com and also most of the ones from the old t public site so you know i have not bought another piece of clothing since since the since the pandemic started and that just might be who I am now. Uh, if I can line up some kind of work from home gig, uh, maybe I'll never have to buy another another type of clothing. Um, I gotta say, also the uh, the the shirts on Etsy, a lot, it, it it can be a crapshoot when you order T-shirts online, especially from a, from an independent creator, and even some of even some of the big boys. Uh, uh, I've mentioned the issue with the Venture Brothers shirts before, where the shirts are very low quality. Uh, these, the actual physical shirts, are very high quality. They feel good. Uh, uh, I took a picture of myself in the TC Tugger shirt because I thought it looked awesome, uh, even though you know it's on my weird body, but it still still looked really good. It's a fun shirt. It looks great. Uh, it's been, you know what? She's been in business for almost a year. We're coming up on an anniversary. Uh, I, I was gonna say I was gonna make a special offer. I, I don't have the power to make a special offer. Uh, but they're great. Buy some shit. You'll look good. You'll you'll be supporting a very nice person who is very good at making shirts, uh, and also other types of art. You just can only buy it in shirt form uh but very talented artist who's a very nice person uh i i, I could not be more pro the teasebysummer.com experience and i will say that every week for as long as i'm podcasting how about that how's that for a promise i i will never record a podcast where i don't have a good thing to say you know what 
honestly, I should be careful if I get invited on a on a uh, one of the major podcasts, you know, because I'll get famous for something at some point. I don't know that I can force that agenda on them, but I'm still gonna. I'll still try. Uh, would this American Life probably cut out references to me uh, plugging a plugging an independent T-shirt creator? Yes, definitely they would. Ira Glass is not going to stand for that. Uh, but you know what, NPR, that's not cool. Let's let's uh, let's support independent artists, okay? What you claim to be about, and here you are trimming out my tees by summer ad reads. I'm already mad at Ira Glass for a thing that hasn't happened and never will. Uh, you know what? If I'm going to be on a, if I'm going to be on an NPR interview show, I will only do Bullseye because I feel like Jesse Thorne would let those would let those stay in. I could probably I could pro probably get him to buy a shirt. He's a he's a he, the man's a bit of a clothes hound. He knows he knows what looks good. Teasbysummer.com, the only T-shirts good enough for Jesse Thorne. Uh, and remember, put in the you can leave a note for the seller. Say EJ sent me. Really trying to really trying to convince Tease by Summer that that there isn't a, that there is an upside to being friends with me. Uh, I cannot think of anything else. So T-shirt sales are the the only thing I have to offer. I am much like the little drummer boy, except with T-shirts instead of a song. Teasebysummer.com. It's great. Guess that's. Guess that's it. Uh, I know I sort of sort of trailed off on the main point of this week, this week's episode, but this has been kind of this has been kind of a week, guys. Let's let's marshal our forces and take a fresh stab at next week. Uh, when I'll prepare some material, maybe I'll talk about the Wandavision finale. Maybe I'll, uh, uh, I don't know, I'll watch something else. Everybody's talking about Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which is that, that Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo movie. And it sounds really funny, but it's a $20 rental. And I don't, I don't have, I don't have Barb and Star money. That's crazy. One thing I, this whole time, I have not bought an on-demand movie, even though one of the things I miss the most about pre-pandemic life was going to the movies every Saturday. Uh, just because it's so, like, even if they're cheap, if if it's a ten dollar rental, that's that's what I'd pay for a ticket, right? It's it's not even a money thing, but I feel like that it's a slippery slope, and then I'm, you know, I'll be eight hundred dollars in, and I'll just VOD everything, and that'll be my life now. Uh, I just can't. My celebrity crush has two new movies on VOD, and I have not paid a penny to see either of them. I don't know if that means I'm dead inside. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I don't even—I don't even recognize this man. Uh, I went and saw How to Be Single because of a celebrity crush. For God's sake, it, let's—you know what? Let me just say this about the movie How to Be Single. Uh, that is a very weirdly structured movie. Uh, where all the ads make it look like it's about uh, uh, Dakota Johnson and Leslie Mann and Rebel Wilson and Allison Brie being friends and the poster is them all having a picnic, I think. But in the actual movie, Allison Brie never interacts with the other characters. She has a completely separate side story where one of the people Dakota Johnson's character knows 
also knows her. So they share a supporting character, but they don't connect in any way. And like her side story is thematically unnecessary and it feels like it's just a way to make sure EJ paid $11 to see it in the theaters. But it is, it is so weird. And I've, I've never seen anything quite like it where they worked very hard to convince us this was about these four actresses that you like being friends. And then you see it, it's like, well, three of them are friends. One of them's kind of got her own thing going on where she's hanging out with Colin Jost and Jason Manzoukas. Um, It's real weird. I think about that movie a lot because I don't, it feels like two short films got sort of, or like, Somebody made a movie that wasn't long enough, and there was a uh, a short film somebody wrote that they're like, yeah, we can add that script in through here and get it up to the requisite 90 minutes. I don't know. It's weird. I it's This is not a recommendation. Uh, I mean, I watched it. There is half a chance that I own it on, on DVD or Blu-ray because I did go through a phase in 2016 2017 uh where i would i would drink too much on saturday and then i would get on amazon and i would order the first the first movies starring either allison brie or jason statham that i hadn't seen and as a result i have a huge collection of garbage movies starring these two people and you know I love Jason Statham, but not every Jason Statham movie is crank. I mean, it's certainly they're not all crank too high voltage. But I've I've got them. I've got some. I've got some regrettable ones. Um. Boy, I always say I'm ready to wrap it up, and that's when I think of another thing. My point is I can't afford to watch movies on demand, um, so I, I'm not recommending any of those. Uh, and the only movie I paid for was Tenet, which cost like way more than I could have got two movies on demand and had some left over. So it's not economically, my stance doesn't make any sense, but I sort of feel like I'd get myself in trouble. So I have to stay away from it. Look, we're all just trying to get through the day here. I got a lot of, a lot of episodes of the Muppet show to watch on Disney plus. I don't need to pay to, See First Cow. I actually First Cow was really good. It's a silly name, but I, I want to see that movie. Uh, not enough to pay for it on demand, though. Are there any movies I want to see enough to pay for it on demand? I want to say no. That said, if the new James Bond movie or, you know, a Marvel movie comes out that way, I'd probably that would be what would break me. Um, if if the next Ant-Man movie were to come out exclusively on demand, and that's not for two years yet, so hopefully we've got movie theaters back by then, I would pay upwards of $100 to watch an Ant-Man movie. God, I love Ant-Man. Uh, he's the best. The best things that can happen in a movie are, uh, or, you know, three things that can make any movie better are Ant-Man getting very big, uh, that's one. Uh, uh, Tilda Swinton as her character from Snowpiercer is another thing that I think makes every would make any movie better. Bringing that weird sort of Margaret Thatcher character she does. 
And uh, I had a third one in mind, and I can't think of it now. I'm very sad about that. I, I was on the precipice of a bit. Um, not the vision wearing regular clothes, because I do think that's very funny, but I can't have two of the three uh, uh, key building blocks of quality movies be uh, uh, Marvel-related. It's probably Jason Statham-related. Uh, it's, it's definitely, like, just Jason Statham in general. Ant-Man gets big, Jason Statham, and Tilda Swinton as a Snowpiercer character. Put those in any movie, and it is a million times better. I don't care what Martin Scorsese tells you. In fact, you put all of those things in The Irishman, I'll watch The Irishman then. I'm not watching regular Irishman. I want to watch Robert De Niro pretend to be young. And, ugh. I got ish. I think Martin Scorsese is mad at everybody for not liking movies enough is what this all comes down to. I feel like we've disappointed him and I don't know what we can do. He's at this point he's our our most prolific and beloved director who hasn't turned out to be a creep. Like and I'm not saying all directors are creeps, but so many of the ones of his sort of who've been at his stature at one point or another have turned out to be creeps or bad people you know you're you're Woody Allen you're uh, Roman Polanski uh uh probably Quentin Tarantino I think is a he's a bad guy he might not be a creep in an actionable way but he I think he's a bad guy uh I'm opening up all these cans of worms now I said it was time to wrap it up nine minutes ago and since then I've been talking about whether or not Quentin Tarantino's a creep and uh uh, the movie How to Be Single. It's all falling apart, guys. It's been such a long week. Frankly, it's a miracle I scraped this together. I suspect if I finish my podcast book, at some point it will be in there that I you should not remind people that your podcast is bad multiple times in every episode. Uh, clearly, I'm thinking outside the box. So I'll be back next week, and maybe I'll have come up with something to say by then. Fingers crossed. Uh, hope you have a good week. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Fed Talks is a Full Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.